What's up, Raider Nation? Big draft weekend. Raiders got everything that they needed. The Raiders got offensive tackle. We got safeties galore. We got linebackers. Well, we got kind of linebackers. But guess what? We also got a dude named Diablo mm-hmm. in Sin City rocking that silver and black. I'm fired up. And by the way, I got my dog, Raider, a.k.a. Producer Cody, hey. sitting right next to me. What's good, brother? What's going on, man? I'm actually enjoying this. Just kind of chilling. We got the equipment set up. Live shows are fun. and We, we talk about it every time we get together and get yeah. to sit down and actually do a podcast because it's actually like normal human interaction. Something that was, you know, kind of a little slim this last year. Things that we all missed this past year, you know, everything, people being staying at home, not doing a lot of watch parties. You know, we did get out to Vegas a couple times, but yeah. being able to get here, spend the past couple of days with you, be with the family, celebrate your son's birthday. It's been exciting, man. And then on top of that, we got the draft. We get to talk some Raiders football, talk yeah. about what we got. And let's talk about the first pick. We got Alex Leatherwood. And I know you've been calling him Leatherhead. I called him Leatherface. <laughs> Man, dude, 6'5", 312 pounds. Offensive guard, left tackle. Now going to be playing right tackle. Coming from the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, we, we talked about, because you know he's making that switch from left tackle, which he played the last two years of college, right. to right tackle for us. But luckily, he's played right guard, so he kind of already has the mechanics to be able to flip around and play the opposite side, the opposite way that people are coming at you. You know what I mean? The, where the pocket collapses, right? So he's got his, he's, he, he can switch and know the quarterbacks to his left and not to his right. So I think it's I think it's gonna be a smooth transition, man. Tom Cable, I think, has this one in the bag. Yeah, and I think what I'm excited about is Tom Cable is gonna get him fired up. He's gonna get him intense. He's gonna get him ready to roll, ready to maul. And one of the things that I like is that he is a mauler. He's a guy that's phenomenal in the run game. And you got a guy named Josh Jacobs who's played with him, mm-hmm. who's ran behind him, yeah. who knows his style, who knows what he likes to do when he blocks. Yeah. He knows which side he's going to throw somebody to. And now Josh can actually go out there and excite himself. Yeah. And get back to the form that we saw his rookie year. Now, obviously, we saw Josh have a little bit of a quote-unquote slump. Yeah. But it wasn't really a slump. You know, Josh, you know, our rushing offense, our rushing attack, fell off a little bit but i think that the rush the rushing offense the run the offensive line pass blocking yeah. and then the run blocking was really suspected points yeah it was it was it did really it really fell off i, I was comparing actually because there's a stat you can see on pff where it's there's of course you know yards per attempt yeah but then there's like yards after con like after contact i believe and i was subtracting that so i was taking the yards after contact per attempt minusing it from the yards per attempt and finding out like that's the average point of contact. Right. 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 Where you're seeing the line of scrimmage and he was in the top 10 rushers, the lowest by over like half a yard or something. It was like one point average, 1.1 yards before he got hit the line. of like, that's where he got hit one yard past the line of scrimmage was his average. So that's just not give him some space, man. At least let him, you know, get a little full head of steam. Right. And Josh is kind of that running back where he does need to get a little bit little bit of a room to run out there. He has to make a move. Um, he's not somebody who's going to hit that hole hard. And that's what I that's what excites me about Kenyon Drake is because he's a guy that's going to hit that hole hard. So you do get kind of that thunder and lightning that you that the Raiders have been looking for. You know, the Wheatley Kaufman, the you know, the Charlie Garner type player. So it's really exciting to see what these two are going to do with Alex Leatherhead. Leatherhead. It's it's dude, it's stuck. Leather face. Leather face, leather wood. Hey, lay the wood. Lay the wood. Like Alex, that. lay the wood. I like that. Also, uh, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs yeah. is back with him, too. Yeah. I mean, 
Maybe get a little sweep out there, a little, little screen action. Oh, man, there's so many things that they can do, and hopefully John Gruden is going to open up that offensive playbook and do some things, man. I know the, I know that, obviously, we look at this, this draft and we look and see what the Raiders did. Looks like the Raiders want to run the ball more. But the other thing that excites me is as we go through the first round, we got Alex Leatherwood in this, at pick 17. Raider fans were not happy. They didn't want to get an offensive lineman. They wanted to get somebody else. Yeah. But then the Raiders traded up in the second round, and they got Trayvon Merrick. A guy yeah. that I had on my on my last video, yeah. I talked about maybe getting him at seventeen. Talk about a steal. Talk about a steal. I mean, this guy is pretty much everything you want in a free safety. He's a ball hawk. He can move sideline to sideline. He's fast. He's physical. He's big. And one of the th- one of the trends that we're seeing is the Raiders got a lot of big DBs this year. Yeah, especially this guy, six two, two o two. I love me some TCU, um, and I, I'm interested to see because he, he's pretty versatile. And he can get yeah. all over the place. And obviously, we need that center fielder. We need that guy that's going to play high. Um, I think Abram kind of has that ability here and there, but that he's not the dude. You want him up in the box because yep. that's where he's going to excel. So I, I'm interested to see. And it, it, it's cool for, like, especially him being drafted the way he got drafted. It wasn't just, oh, this team was up and they decided to pick him. No, it was they the won. Raiders saw an opportunity yeah. to go up and get him, and they got up. And they got and their got guy. Him. Yeah. And, you know, the Raiders were able to get their guy in, in the pick. And it's really exciting because this is somebody who I think is going to come in, make an instant impact. I think that he's a player that Gus Bradley is going to have a lot of fun with. He's versatile. And you have Jonathan Abram back there where Jonathan Abram can do what Jonathan Abram does, does best. He can get up in the box. Take he fools' can, heads off. Exactly. <laughs> you know, run through a motherfucker face. Like, that's what I'm excited about. So, you know, I want to see what this defense is going to look like. But it's starting to shape up. You got Trayvon Morick, or Merrick back there, and he's somebody who can get after it. Mm-hmm. Then we get, into the, we get into the third round, right? Yeah. And the Raiders took the Khalil Mack replacement. Malcolm Koontz, no, he's not the Khalil Mack replacement. Obviously, we can't crown a false king yet. Yeah. But we got another D from from Buffalo. Buffalo's funny, dude. It's, funny. Yeah. it's, it's weird how the relation's there. Yeah, I mean, look, we uh, last year we didn't take Ladarius Mack. We thought we were going to get another Mack. He ended up going to Chicago to play with his brother. But this year we got Malcolm Koontz. And Koontz came out in 2018 and 19. He combined for 85 pressures, 14 sacks. 2026 games, he had 26 pressures and five sacks. So this is a guy that can get after it. Yeah. Now we look at this defense, right? You got Yannick Ngakwe, you got Max Crosby, you got Cleveland Farrell, you got crazy Carl Nassib. This is probably a guy. <laughs> this is probably a guy who's gonna get some burn, but he's not gonna get a ton of burn. What do yeah. you think about him? I like it. Uh, just kind of one of those can sit back and learn. Didn't you say like yeah, there's a player comp with him in in, in Yannick Ngakwe? Yeah. So it's cool that he kind of gets. Almost like a mentor in a way. Because you never know. Like, Ngakwe could just be a one-year deal. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, you never know. It's very possible. You know what I mean? Like, the options there where it could just be like a one-and-done type deal. His contract, anything guaranteed, is all just this year. The second year of his contract really doesn't mean anything unless they want to stick with it. Right. So, I don't know, man. Um, I, I still, I mean, I think it's, I don't want to get anybody down. I feel like he sticks around longer than just this year. I but. think he does too. I think the way that the the conversations that he's been having, the way that he's been saying, I've won, this is a team I've wanted to be with, you know, him being out there at the park, working with the team already, working with Derek, building that relationship. I'm excited to see what Yannick does, but you get a guy like Malcolm Koontz, he's a good replacement for what we had before, and yeah. that's Arden Key. You know, we had yeah. a guy who, who was the king of almost sacks, yeah, but he was also the king of 
messing up things in games. He was, you know, he screwed up the, the uh, Texans game for us, and he screwed up the Dolphins, Dolphins game. Dolphins game. Dude, he was definitely – he's definitely the Raiders' all-time leader in almost sacks. He's, I wish <laughs> – I wish I had like a legit stat. Like he's there every time. He's there every, every time. time. But he just doesn't have the right angle on the quarterback and just couldn't get it done. And, and it was a little frustrating too. We remember last year he's kind of turning off other free agents saying we don't need. We don't need help. Clowney. Oh yeah, we don't need help. We don't need no help. We do need help. We I mean, help. we have we have a bottom ranked defense. We need help. We need help. I don't care. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, when when you have a good team, you never see anybody from. You know the Patriots or the Kansas City Chiefs or 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 any team that's been perennially good, right? Yeah. You never see anybody say, "Nah, we don't need that person." No. Nah, we don't need you more. Right? Give me more talent, like the Niners' defensive Get, line a couple years ago. Right? Give me somebody to push me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you if you are that concerned, I know why. I know why Arden Key didn't want Clowney to come because he knew he was going to lose his job. Yeah, I mean that's that's the fact of the matter. So yeah, well, he lost his job anyways. Now he's over in San Francisco. Yeah. Play, for him. Playing at Great America. Is he going to do anything over there, though? Yeah, he's going to get almost sacks. I don't think he's even going to get any snaps, really. I doubt it. I mean, you know who one guy I hope does well over there is Mohurst. I think oh, Mohurst is going to. I think he's going to get snaps. I think he's going to ball, and I think he's going to. Raider fans are going to be pissed because it's going to be another defensive tackle that has left the Raiders and went on to another team to be great. That is super weird still to me, the Mohurst thing. Uh, you know, I, I think it was. I think. It was probably just a, a Marinelli and Bradley thing. Maybe. I just wonder maybe if something with him. Uh, he doesn't seem like the guy that would want out, though. He you doesn't. I mean? so, no, no. He doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I don't I know. I think he really enjoyed being a Raider. I think he enjoyed the fan base. I like know. the underdog, underdog story. You know, kind of like almost couldn't play, finding yeah. out the heart condition. like And not even knowing that, playing through it in Michigan and then finding out yeah. the draft physicals. He was a guy that when – when we were going through the draft process, he was a guy that I wanted to take in the first round. He was a first-round talent. Yeah, he was definitely a first-round talent. He was a guy that I wanted in the first round. When he fell to the fifth round and we got him, yeah, I was so excited. Dude, it's such a steal. And then we we obviously left him. And, you know, the, the Raiders are notorious for doing that, especially with defensive tackles. Especially guys that we like. Yeah, always. Uh. I'm going to just start saying I hate Derek Carr so nothing happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to miss the belly rub and mo gif and – GIF. Right. We talked about this. It's, I, I call it GIF. GIF. I think it's GIF. It can it's go either way. But it's like Leatherwood, Leatherface, Leatherhead. Leatherhead. You know. Leatherhead's the right one, right? No, Leatherwood's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we back go Back to back, right? Right now, back so to back. So we go picks. back to back. Now, last year we went back to back, and, you know, <laughs> one of the picks. Kind of. One of the picks <laughs> turned out is going to be good. I think the one I think Brian Edwards last year, uh, you know, obviously dealt with some injuries and things, but I think that Brian Edwards is going to be a freaking stud this year. So they went back to back last year, and then Lynn Bowden went back to back with his cousins at his grandma's house. <laughs> oh, dog. Womp, womp, womp. Screw that one up, man. <laughs> that was bad. Danny King, real talk. And this year we go back to back. We got Divine Diablo and Tyree Gillespie. That's Gillespie, Cody. Now, one of the things that I like is you got a guy named Divine Diablo in Sin City. Yeah. Rocking that silver and black for the Raiders. Fire. It's, a, it's exciting. It's spicy. fire. It's spicy. <laughs> and I think the Raiders tweeted something hot, mild Diablo. Oh. So they're already capitalized on that. But this is another big player, 6'3", 226. He's a safety. He's His pro comp was Cam Chancellor. He's a guy that can get after a hit. Mm-hmm. And now, remember, we did draft a guy before that had a pro comp to Cam Chancellor, and he ended up wanting to be 
uh, Instagram model or something like that, Nobi Melifonwu, he's out there living his best life, whatever, good for him, he did win a ring, but whatever. But we got a guy named Divine Diablo who looks like he can play a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's got the the, the physical ability. Yeah. That's what I like so much. Um, I, I don't fall in love with too many draft prospects nowadays because I get always disappointed. And this year's was J.C. Horn. I wanted to see him fall, and the main reason I liked him so much is because he was built like an NFL player. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of dudes that are talented in college, talented in college, and they're built like college players, but they can't make that leap into the NFL because they're – they're just not just some people just some guys are just built different. And those are the guys that last in the league. So um Diablo is one of those guys, he's just kind of built different. And built it, just different. His, just his versatility, being able to get and cover guys in the slot. Yeah. He can be a box safety, he can be a free safety. He kind of just plays all over. And it's just like we talked about it on the live stream. It just it's weird that he's so similar uh to Marig. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it, he's just Almost like a security blanket. We're gonna see. You know, we got these two safeties that are really similar. Yeah. And maybe Mari can't go a snap, and they're he they don't like Heath or something. You throw Diablo in there and let him get some snaps. Yeah. Or I mean, who knows what he's gonna do? He could play all. He could be like the you know kind of like the Daryl Worley. Of course, this isn't Gunther's defense, but right. Um, he could just be a, a defensive back that they try and plug and play everywhere. Yeah, like an Isaiah Johnson. Yeah. You know, but I think that one of the things that we're noticing, we're seeing a trend here. We're getting big guys. We're getting big guys in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Gus Bradley's defenses, traditionally he usually has bigger secondaries. Yeah. And, you know, you usually has guys back there that can match up. Sherman to, and Chancellor. Yeah, yeah, Sherman Chancellor, Earl Thomas. I mean, Earl Thomas is a smaller guy. Derwin James. Derwin James, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Keanu Neal. Yep, yep. And so those are all players that, that fit Gus Bradley. But the other thing that, that stands out to me, and this is something I talk about a lot, is depth. You know, the Raiders yeah. – have never had a lot of depth on defense. And what happens is when somebody goes down, we're screwed. Yeah. And so there's never like that player where it's like, okay, well, Jonathan Abrams out. All right, we got Jeff Heath. Let's go. Like yeah. nobody gets fired up for that. Now yeah. it's like, okay, Jonathan Abram goes down. He took out a he took out a medicine truck or something. Yeah. It's okay. We got Devon Diablo. We yeah, got Tyree yeah, yeah. Gillespie coming in. Yeah. So there's guys that are gonna come in and they're gonna make some waves. Then the Raiders take a corner. And this guy, I'm I'm kind of fired up about Nate Hobbs because mm-hmm. Nate Hobbs is he's basically saying that he's going to be the best underdog that you've ever seen. And uh, I get I get a little nervous when I hear the word underdog nowadays. Only when I see greatest underdog, Ooh. and people try and somebody tries to market that when they played 16 games in Ooh. two years. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, man. I saw somebody say the greatest hunger dog. Oh. <laughs> But you know what? This what (laughs) excites me about Nate Hobbs is that Nate Hobbs is a guy who's got a chip on his shoulder. But I think he might be somebody that can come in, play, you know, put him in the nickel position, put him in the slot, you know, let him battle it out with Amik Robertson. Because right now we don't have a true slot corner. So I'm curious to see where he falls in this defense and what happens with him. I was gonna say, uh, Amik Robertson, as much as I'm really pulling for him. He still has a lot of proving to do before that's even close to his job. So. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Amik's a dog, and I, I think that Amik is going to, you know, he he could be good, but I think that he does need some He needs some work. Um, he's still a smaller guy, and so that's one of the things that kind of stands out. He doesn't necessarily fit in Gus Bradley's defense, and so that's going to be one of the storylines that I'm going to be watching as this goes on. I want to see him because he lines up almost exactly with Damon Arnett. I'm pretty sure Damon Arnett came in last year at 194. Yeah. Six foot one ninety four. Nate Hobbs, six foot one ninety five. So I want to see 
who's going to be putting in more work in the gym. Because Damon Arnett's not big enough to play full-time in the NFL. Right. I mean, it, unless you just literally are relying on full athletic ability, he needs to get bigger. He needs to get stronger. You can't get pushed around the way he has been. Nate Hobbs, I don't know. I want to see who outworks who. And I think I'm going, yeah. I mean, maybe with the fifth rounder with a little chip on his shoulder. We're going to see what happens. You know, I'm, one thing that worries me about Damon Arnett, and this is not a knock on him at all because you can't, I mean, sometimes you can't prevent head injuries, but dude's had two concussions already. Yeah. You know, back-to-back concussions in games in yeah. the NFL. And, you know, when you start getting into the, the two, three concussion territory, that's where you start to, you know, you're more susceptible to things. I wonder if that's when he starts writing his lyrics. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, he needs to go into the lab with Darren Waller because I mean, yes, he needs to go into the lab with Darren Waller and he needs to go into the gym with Darren Waller because yeah. those two Darren Waller puts in the work, yeah. not only on the field, off the field in, I mean, mentally, physically, spiritually, musically, Darren yeah. Waller is doing everything the right way. And I think that he could be a great motivator for some of these guys. Even if look, I don't care what you do when you're free time. I really yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Like if you want to, if you want to make music, make music, but make music. That people are going to like, as long as you can do your job. Right. Like we, we even do talk about job. it, even at a, at, a, at a real life job for a second. Uh, always telling employees, like, we don't care. Like if you drink or what do you want to smoke weed on the weekend? You want to go yeah. party, like do your thing. It, it, as soon as it starts affecting your work, like you don't want to show up days. Right. Or you come in and you're not 100%. Then that's when it's an issue, right. and you, you got to take care of you know what's paying the bills first, and you know it's his NFL career that's paying for this, right? Um, and if he wants to have fun, like go for it. But yeah. I want to make sure I want to see him grow, and I'm going to be excited when hopefully he does take that step forward. I'm going to back season. him. I'm going to back him 100. Yeah, you, my thing, is, and you you are the same way with Raiders. If you're a Raider, I'm going to back you. Yeah, until you disrespect the shield, until yeah. you disrespect the franchise. If you leave and you you start talking in the third person, or you start calling my GM a cracker, or you start doing some stupid <laughs> shit, then I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you. But if you don't disrespect the team, if you don't disrespect the show, if you're not a Raider anymore, you're still a Raider because once a Raider, always a Raider, unless your name is AB. I had Lee Mayock on right before the draft, and I was very tempted to ask. So is your dad really a cracker? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that glad would've, I didn't. I wouldn't have gone over I'm very I well. I, I I love the Mayock family. It's just that's funny. I and I feel bad because that was probably a good growing period for Mike too as a as yeah. a general manager. That was his first. I mean, his first big move as a general manager. Mm-hmm. His first big player as a general manager. And you know that was a Gruden thing too. Oh so. yeah. But I mean, he just had to do it. He had to be the bad guy. Right. We got a good good cop bad cop in the front office right now where yeah. John Gruden can be buddy buddy with him. And then you kind of bring in Mayock just to kind of lay down the law. You yeah. know what I mean? And you know Gruden agrees with Mayock, but, but that's how they do to keep the players happy when they're on the yeah, field. Gruden's the personality. He's the guy. He's the one that's, you know, going to be your friend. And then Mayock's got to be the one that's coming in and says, okay, it's time to go to bed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you to take a bath and go to bed, kids. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that you didn't ask Lee Mayock about that because she probably would have blocked you. <laughs> probably. And speaking of blocking, we got to get into our last pick. Ooh. And so that last pick, we got a center, Jimmy Morrissey. You see how I did the transition there? We got a Jimmy Morrissey, the center. He's a blocker. That's why I was talking about getting blocked. 6'3", <laughs> 305-pound center. Now, one thing that I want to go through is every player that was drafted was also a captain. Ooh. Every player that was drafted was also really? a team captain. Really? Yeah. You sense a trend here? Yeah. High character. I mean, it's always going to be a thing. And just because people want to make fun of it in the past with maybe missing on a few picks, well, 
That happens with every team. Every team. Every team. I'm sorry. You can go through the first round draft of the last three or four years. I've never seen a perfect draft. How many are you going to – I mean, even first round draft picks. How many guys can you look into the first round and be like, probably not even half of them are solid starters? Yeah. I mean, you look at some teams like uh, Buffalo. When Buffalo traded – when Buffalo traded up to get Sammy Watkins, yeah, passing on Khalil Mack, uh, Jadavion Clowney, he's another yeah. guy who was first overall pick. Yeah. Blake Bortles, you know, so there's all these players that <laughs> that have gone in the first round that you say, oh well, this is a first round talent. Well, you can't properly evaluate talent until after three mm-hmm. years of them playing in the National Football League, until yeah. they learn how to play the game in the National Football League. Playing football is one thing, and I've played it. I've played at a pretty high level. I played Division One. Mm-hmm. Going from high school to junior college to Division One, I, I even played a little bit of NAIA school, which is a small, you know, small school before NCAA. Gotcha. I've you feel the difference yeah. going from high school to to JUCO. There's a difference going from JUCO to NAIA. There's a difference, and then going to NAIA to Division One, huge difference. The speed, the toughness, the physicality, the caliber of players that you're playing against, the caliber of teams that you're playing against. It's completely different. Then you get to the National Football League where you have the best of the best. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, anybody that calls anybody a scrub on the National Football te- in the National Football League, come on, man. Yeah. These guys good. are the best of the best of their position. Yeah. Everybody, everybody on that field is a better athlete than you. Yeah. That's why they're there. That's why yeah. they got drafted. That's why they're in the position that they're in. And there's a lot of good football players that can't even make the league. Yeah. If you saw him playing at the park, you'd be like, man. Look at Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel is a prime example because dude's a tremendous athlete. Dude is probably one of the greatest college Talented. quarterbacks ever. Talented. But you people call him a scrub because he couldn't he couldn't play in the league. Yeah, you go out and play flag football with the dude. <laughs> He's going to destroy slanging. you. You'll be like, man. It's just like basketball players. We talk about basketball players. I don't see anybody beating Paige Stoyakovich one-on-one. Dude, I played in an adult basketball league probably for like three or four years, right? Short court, adult league, lower level, whatever. And we'd go out there and we'd play. There'd be this one dude that'd show up that was probably like six four, six five, throwing down like alley-oop dunks. Oh. And that's – he was there in an adult – I mean, it was like – I mean, he was skilled. Yeah. I mean, he could shoot. He had a jumper. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, if I was playing adult basketball in short court, I'd be throwing down dunks too Hell if I yeah. could. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I'm watching this guy. It's like, man, it was this is like create a character? Am I playing 2K <laughs> right now? I just got dropped in my park. I'm getting smashed on by right. some dude. But it's like he's just sitting playing at you know the rec center downtown. Yeah, can't even imagine what an NBA player would do. Anybody exactly? Kyle Gasol would be out there looking like a physical freak, dude. I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's the thing is you you can't. It's funny when, I mean, as fans, we get worked up and we call people scrubs and we say this and that. But at the end of the day, they're better athletes. Yeah, when it's a level <laughs> playing field, it's, when almost, you, it's manipulating. I'm going to tell you right now, the average person is not going to outrun an NFL offensive lineman. Yeah. NFL linemen are running a four, you know, five, five flat, five, two, 40. The average person's running like a five, two, five, four. Yeah. You know, people sitting here calling me fat. They're not going to outrun me. I ran a four, seven, 40. Oh, you can run. You I know. just don't know if you can stop. I, I, I run through. I run through. I don't need to stop. I use them to stop. I don't care about it. Come on, man. You know who is a scrub? Who? Derek Carr. Oh, man, don't be calling Derek Carr a scrub. He's a scrub, dude. Derek is not a scrub. Just kidding. He's whack. No, just kidding. <laughs> trade him. Mar- Mariota season. We should trade him Mariota season. Hopefully uh, we get Aaron Rodgers, you know, get him, pull him off of the Jeopardy booth. and. <laughs> And that that'll be you know that'll be the day, right? Oh man! Hopefully, he can take some time away from watching horse racing, whatever he does. <laughs> oh man, him and Tom Brady were out there. Aaron Rodgers looked like 
Aaron Rodgers looked like the bad guy in every like drug movie. Yeah. And Tom Brady looked like the uh the villain in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I feel <laughs> I was going to say I feel like Tom Brady's going through like a midlife crisis. Cuz I feel like now he always tries to be like the cool guy. Like he tries to be cool. He is, he does really he yeah, tries really hard, hard to be cool. Yeah. He's like that Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. And then walking out drunk. That was it's what's funny to me though is Tom Brady's actually become kind of likable. Yeah. He's like now that he's not a patriot, now that he's yeah. he's out of the AFC, he's kind of likable. Like yeah. I don't I still freaking hate the guy, but Yeah, I just hate how much he's trying. But he's likable. Like He's just I mean, he's like you can't you can't I mean, I don't know. I just I, I respect it, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of the cheating things, whatever. Everyone's going to nitpick it. It's it's bogus. Um I always hate him for the tuck rule. Tuck rule is his fault though. I mean, if I was in Tom Brady's shoes, I would I wouldn't say otherwise. It's you like know that, what I'm saying? It's like that commercial where uh where the where the kid said, No, I touched the ball. <laughs> and everybody looked at him and said, No, you uh, no, idiot. <laughs> like I get it. Like if we were in if we we're in the same position and they they actually we actually got a call to go our way, then hell yeah. Like yeah. let's go for it. I mean, so I, I get it. I get it. I still hate it. Still hate it. I still hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a little respect. I respect him. You know, it's kind of like LeBron. I'm not a big LeBron fan, but yeah. I respect what he does. Yeah. I respect, I re, and I, res, I, re, I like LeBron more as a human, like for yeah, everything yeah, yeah. he does yeah. outside of the game, for the community, for the people. I just don't like him as a player. And I yeah. think it really goes back to game five against Draymond Green where he got Draymond suspended. Like I was that. Say you're a Warriors fan. I'm yeah, a Warriors yeah. fan. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's, a little, it's a little more personal. It's personal. You know, the cookies, like the cookies with the RIP clay and stuff. Uh, like, so, it's personal for me, but. I still respect him. I'm a I'm a Laker fan, and I don't know how I feel about it. Still, I I cheer for him because I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like he was kind of one of the people. Him and James Harden. I can't stand James. I Harden can't the most stand James Harden because I feel like they just changed the game in such a weird way. James Harden's gonna be somebody that I'll, I'll never like. James Harden's like Pat Bev to me, where I just I can't stand the guy. You, I mean, I like how some players can manipulate the game. Yeah, like when Kobe was there. It manipulated the playing style. Yeah, Michael Jordan manipulated the playing style, stuff like that. Now, now LeBron's that guy. Yeah, and I feel like they're manipulating it in the wrong direction. Like it's almost just not even. It's not. It, there's no physicality. I mean, yeah. there is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna sit here and act like they're just out there. Not, like, not like before though. Bumping hips or whatever. But yeah, yeah. it's not the same. It's not, not the same. Not, not, flopping. Not, can't stand it. Yeah, so I can't watch soccer. And I think that like you, I remember watching when Kobe would play and people would flop on Kobe and Kobe would give him that look. Like, come on, man. Soft. Yeah, like that's the thing I respected about Kobe is Kobe was a stone cold killer. Yeah, it's one it's you know, one thing was, to take a block, right? Or, you know what I mean, or take a charge. Sorry, not take a block, take a charge. I get I get stuff like that, but yeah, but don't flop. Flopping, Mm-mm. that's that's soccer stuff, man. You yeah. know that's those the, in the flops are the, the trying to sell it is so yeah. bad. Like the whole and, pump fake thing, when you pump fake, yeah. get him to draw, and then you jump into him. And oh, shoot. I hate that. James Harden does that all the time. Yeah, exactly. I can't stand it. I even hate when Steph does it sometimes, and yeah. I love Steph. And Steph's nuts, though. Yeah, but Steph, Steph's insane, and you know it, it's crazy to see him. And it's been great as a warrior. What's crazy for me is like as a warrior fan, when Steph came in, like we were all like we we're pissed because we got rid of Monte Ellis. Like we wanted Monte, and we didn't know who this Steph kid was. Like he had glass ankles, and he wasn't he wasn't the Steph Curry that he is now. And so now what Steph is doing, it, it's it's insane. And the fact that we have him, it, it's fantastic. I'm a uh... Big Monte Ellis fan, might I add. Have been for a long time. Obviously, he's not in the league anymore. But yeah. even whenever he went to, it was Dallas for a long time. Yeah. Uh, he 
partnered up with like JJ Barea. Of course, he had uh, Nowitzki. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a big Monte Ellis fan. Monte's that dude. Yeah, he was just fun to watch, man. He just had talent. He had he had a little swag to him. He's kind of like a kind of like a poor man's Allen Iverson. In yeah, my opinion, you know. Yeah, he was just fun. Anyways, man, we got. Oh, this is a training table, man. We, <laughs> we talk about everything we here. We get a little off topic. Yeah, we, don't, we, don't, we don't just talk about football here. We talk about everything, life, <laughs> pop culture, football, basketball. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, man, you know, to wrap this up, because we're getting a little close to the end, y'all, like Too Short would say, what a great weekend, man. We, we ate some good food. We barbecued. Cody, oh, the brisket. Cody man. put together a brisket that, man, I, I had way too much food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amazing. But, I almost wanted to take a nap before this podcast <gasps> the brisket. I still want to take a nap. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm home after this pod and I'm gonna go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, you should too. That's what I'm gonna be doing. But it was it was a wonderful weekend, man. We had a we pumped out a lot of content. We were able to get a lot of stuff out. Had some good times, some good laughs. Raiders made some moves. Spent a lot on the defense. I'm excited about that. Yeah, when we talked about that, man, everyone was mad. Yeah. What about the defense after the, after one pick? Yeah, we had eight. Picks People lost total. their mind. They were like, we're we're doomed. <laughs> Defenses with no defense. Like, come on, man, just chill. Yeah, and Mike Malkin's a draft. I didn't do it, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, man. But, but no, Cody, I really appreciate uh, all your hospitality this weekend. I appreciate you having me down. It's fun, dude. We're gonna have to do it again for sure. We do. You know the the in studio, the in person pods, the in studio live shows. They they you can't top it, dude. You can't beat it right now. We're just we're we're in our own element. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Like, everything's been different. I can't wait for you to finally get your setup something like this. I know. I know that's the goal. That's the goal. And the good thing is, you know, at least while I don't have my stuff set up. It's always here at your disposal. I got this, and we got something going on this summer. We got Blue Mm -hmm. Wire opening up the studio. Yeah. And so, you know, get ready for Blue Wire Studio opening up at the win. That's going to be huge. But Raider Nation, until next time, Cody, why don't you send us out? Hey, Raider Nation, let me tell you guys, oh, this is this is different. <laughs> Normally, Kenny King's closing out my show. This is fun. Let me tell you guys something. This offseason has been a little weird for me. I wanted to see us bring some guys in. I wanted to see us get excited again because after these last two years and the way they ended, they were a little shaky. They're a little weird. You know, you kind of – those late-season collapses, you're thinking like, man, I can't go through this again. Even a promising team, I feel like I'm going to lose hope and know, man, what if this happens again? Well – it seems like we've kind of been iron, ironing those things out. John Gruden's coming in. Mike Mayock's coming in. Still putting in work. Still trusting the main guys, the cornerstone pieces of this franchise. Um, and, and, and the players are buying in. It's really cool to see a guy like Ngakwe come over and be like, I'm glad to be here. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a change of pace. Maybe he'll get a Raiders tattoo. We'll yeah. see. But uh, Raider Nation, it's, it's time to get fired up. Enjoy these new draft picks. It seemed like they listened to us. It seemed like they got that right tackle. It seemed like they addressed those needs in the secondary. It seems like we're going after it. And guess what? We finally get to enjoy that brand new stadium. Oh, yeah. Full of fans. So that's, for me, the main thing I'm looking forward to. Having, I mean, it's nice to have the studio to your disposal now, Kenny King, but wait till we get to Vegas and you got the whole city at your disposal. Can't so wait. It's going to be fun, man. I appreciate you uh, letting me produce your podcast. Yeah. And uh, we're definitely going to have to do it again. Only three and a half hours. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Not bad, dude. Hey, Raider Nation, make sure you uh, subscribe to this. Five-star rating and review. And uh, I'm sure you'll be catching Kenny King again on here soon. Later. Peace.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 